Good day, folks. Today is the 17th day of November 2020. I'm your host and narrator, Mitchell Dawkins, with today's midday message. You know, in our world today, hey man, we we take pride and we take honor in, in certain valuables, things that we deem valuable. And it's different for everybody, you know. Some people may treasure their cars and some people treasure their kids. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these things, amen, but we have to be careful, amen, to understand that these things, amen, that we treasure here on earth are temporary. Uh, again, it can be our cars, it can be our children, amen, it can be our job, it can be family heirlooms. You understand what I'm saying? And so um, the question comes up as to where is your treasure? Today I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible in Matthew 6. I'm going to talk about that. But I'm going to read particularly from verses 19 to 24. And so today's title of our message today, amen, is Where Is Your Treasure? Verse 19 begins and says, uh, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is dark, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Man, Matthew 6, in Matthew 6, one of the main points, amen, if not the main point, is our relationship as Christians to our Heavenly Father. So in, in, in chapter 6 alone, Jesus mentions the term father 11 times, showing the significance and importance of the relationship. You see it in verse 1, verse 4, 6, 8, 9, 14, 15, 18, 26, and 32. So our relationship to the father as children is the most remarkable and incredible relationship. We have been brought with a price so that we can be called children of God. You see? Roman 18, I'm sorry, Roman 8, 15, and 17 states, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are called children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Man. What a powerful thing it is to know that our, that we are the Father's children and that we can go before him and cry, Father, Abba. The great secret life, according to our Lord, is to see ourselves and to conceive ourselves always as children of the Heavenly Father. So many things pull us away from the significance of that relationship and vie for our uh, for our attention. You see, in Matthew 6, amen, Jesus brings up two big temptations we all face as believers that distract us and pull us away from the importance of uh, satisfaction that we can have in our relationship with God the Father. The first temptation, amen, that's evident in chapter 6 
is the religious man doing works before man to receive praise of man instead of doing them in secret where only God the Father knows. Jesus says that if we seek the praise of men, we have our reward. But if we seek to glorify God, the Father will reward us openly. The example given, or the examples, should I say, given, are charitable deeds, prayer, and fasting. The temptation is to seek to be noticed, but to be on a high pedestal as one who is religious, and to gain the praise of men. The second temptation we face as believers is the temptation of being like the world and seeking treasures on this earth. So often we look at the things of things of a man of this earth and say to ourselves, if only I had that, I'd be all set. You know what I'm saying? We seek to find security and satisfaction in temporary things instead of what we already have in our relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. So both these temptations want our attention, but both distract us from what truly matters, our relationship with God the Father. Praise God. You know, when, when Jesus did the, the Sermon on the Mount, amen, the question that he posed, amen, is, is where is my heart? Yeah. Yeah, so when you read through and you study the Sermon on the Mount, amen, the question, amen, or you'll be challenged, amen, with that question. You know what I'm saying? My heart has been challenged when you read this thing. To really think through the question and to evaluate if my heart is seeking after self or after a real vibrant relationship with God. In a lot of ways, you understand, we can put on so many masks and, and faces so people perceive us as spiritual or godly when in reality, deep in our heart of hearts or in our private life, we struggle with fears, we struggle with temptations and, 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 and the desiring of things of the world for man's praise instead of glorifying God. You see, Jesus directly addresses the heart by asking the question, where is your treasure? He says in Matthew 6, 21, amen, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there are a lot of things vying for your heart as this is the control center of life. So the scripture teaches that the heart is the control center of life. A person's life is a reflection of his heart. Proverbs 4.23 states, it states it like this. It says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. So the word picture here is graphic, you see? The heart is a well from which all the issue of life gushes forth, huh? Therefore, we must guard our hearts and watch over them so that our heart follows hard after the things of God and is not distracted by the things of this world, you see? And so the message here asks three questions, amen. The first question we must ask ourselves as we begin you know what I'm saying? The study of the scripture is, where is our treasure? So in asking this, we will answer the question, where is our heart? Or we'll ask that question, where is our heart? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The second question to ask ourselves is, what is our focus? What are our eyes focused on? Are we focused on the seen or the unseen? And so the final question to be addressed is, who or what are we serving? Praise God. 
So here Jesus is surrounded by religious people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, men who look uh, very religious on the outside, but who in their hearts are serving money and themselves rather than God. So Jesus is also surrounded by people who have never heard this kind of radical teaching, you understand? So Jesus is asking us to repent, to change our minds about these things, to live a life of faith, and to serve the one and true God, you see? He said, do not lay up your treasures or do not lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it is not difficult. It's not too difficult, should I say, to think of examples. The Bible gives us examples of men and women who lay up for themselves treasures upon the earth, uh, thus showing where, the, uh, where their, their, their heart truly was. You see? And, 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 and you got several to come to mind. You can go to the book of Joshua, amen, chapter uh, 6, verses 17 and 18, and, and, and Joshua chapter 17, 1 through 26. And, and, and you have the story of Anak. I think that's his name. Achan. No, his name is Achan. So in, in, in verse 18, praise God, amen, God instructs Israel, the children of Israel, to attack Jericho, to abstain from the, the accursed things, and to bring all the silver, gold, vessels, and bronze, and iron to be consecrated to the Lord and to the treasury of the Lord. You see? Now they... As they, as they attack Jericho, one of the men disobeys the command of the Lord and keeps for himself the beautiful Babylonian garment. You understand what I'm saying? He kept 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 pounds. Because of this man's sin, Israel is defeated in the battle of Ai. Or A. And this man is put to death because his heart converted after these riches instead of, uh, of honoring the Lord and doing as he asked. You see? And so you have in Matthew also, chapter 19, praise God, it talks about the rich young ruler. So in that story, a rich young ruler comes to ask Jesus a question. The question he asks is how he might have eternal life. Jesus answered the man by telling him uh, that he needs to obey the commandments. And the rich man, young ruler responds, which ones? And Jesus responded, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and, and, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the young ruler responds that he has kept all these things and asks, what do I lack? Huh? Have you ever asked yourself that? What do, you, what, what do I lack? This is where Jesus drops the bomb on a rich young unruly. He says, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and follow me. Huh? So where was this young man's heart? Right there. You can tell by his reaction. His heart is controlled by his wealth and riches. The young ruler is wealthy and supposedly has a lot going for him. You see, he got a lot going for himself. But he's not willing to let those things go in order to follow Jesus. He is willing to love his neighbor and do the commandments that pertain to his fellow man. But when it comes down to loving the father and having no other God before him, he's not willing to let go of the wealth he obtained here on earth in order to gain eternal life. Huh? How many of us are like that? 
So we see a couple of examples of people who lay up their treasures on earth and the end result for both of these situations was death. Their hearts were set upon the things of this earth. They were willing to disobey God for the sake of temporal riches that do not last. The things we gather here on earth are only temporal. They do not last for eternity. So where is your treasure? So many things come to mind when I think of, uh, of what Jesus is saying in this verse that begins in, in that passage right there. Are you earthly minded or heavily minded? Are you investing in the future eternity to come? Or are you investing, uh, investing in the here and now? Are you enthralled with temporary uh, uh, versus the permanent? Now, obviously, all these things, amen, are asking the same thing. But it is the very it, it, it is very important that we fully grasp this thought. Jesus uses a man three examples to show how things we deem most important are only temporary. You see that? He uses the moth, he uses rust, and he uses the thief. So we can all think of examples of these things in our lives. For instance, someone drives off a, 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 a car dealership lot with a brand new car. And you know, he proud to have this thing. He loved this vehicle. He got the windows rolled down, it's all shiny, he's cranking the music, he wanted the world to know that he just bought a new car. But the next thing you know, a little humility comes as they are sideswiped. And, and their new shiny car is destroyed and it's no longer a value. You see? And then he used the moth. So we all know that when moths get into our clothes, they eat holes right through them, right? So the moth is a tiny little butterfly-like or looking animal or insect that doesn't appear harmful at all. But it would, it would destroy the most expensive, elaborate fabrics that we can ever own. And then we have the rust. Huh? So, so, so here on the East Coast is where I live at. Hey, man, we, every winter we have this snowstorm or something of that nature. And when we have this snowstorm, amen, we begin to put salt out on the roads. And the effect of the salt on the cars are brutal. You see? Amen. It causes rust. You know what I'm saying? And when this rust builds up, we begin to get holes in the car. You might even have holes in your, in your floorboards due to rust. You can have the nicest car in the world, but eventually because of the snow and the slush and, and all the salt that gets in on the outside of the car or that gets on the outside of the car, it eventually rusts. So rust destroys, as moths do, the property and riches we work so hard to obtain, right? Then you got the thief. With money and riches, a, a, a man comes great fear of someone taking it, you see? So mankind does all in his power to protect what he has. He puts walls up around his house so no one can get in. He has security guards and cameras uh, looking at him all the time and hidden safes uh, for red jewels and, and, and whatnot. So what does this thief do? He breaks in and he takes what the wealthy man has and he will do anything a man to get it. Praise God. So what do we deem as valuable? Praise God. What do we deem as valuable shows where our heart is. Maybe it's money, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's power and the desire to be recognized as a leader. Maybe it's looking spiritual on the outside so people think you have it together. Maybe it's, it's, it's popularity and acceptance through nice clothes. Maybe it's having a great big old home. Maybe it's having a, for some people, having a game box, a, a game, an Xbox gaming console or something. Maybe it's your family. 
and how you raise great kids. But here Jesus is calling us to change our minds from the temporary to the eternal, from the things that are passing by to the things that are permanent. You'll never see a hearse pulling a, 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 a U-Haul trailer. If you did, you're being shot because we know that earthly treasures we store up cannot be taken with us. They're only temporary. So all through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus asked us to repent, to change our minds and our attitudes, and to be like those in Hebrews 11 who had eternity in their hearts and the promises God gave them. You see? But in contrast, amen, right here in Matthew 6.20, it says, But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So here Jesus is talking about laying up eternal treasures that do not fade away. What are these treasures that Jesus is talking about? Huh? Well, if we go to 1 Peter, amen, uh, 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 chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercies has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So in this greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Praise God. So what an awesome thing to know as believers, our inheritance is waiting for us. And uh, that as children of God, you see, we will inherit eternity, brothers and sisters. Being with Christ, that is the reward right there. That's the treasure. Those who strive to store up treasures on earth will be disappointed. Those treasures will pass away. Yeah. 1 Corinthians uh, 3, uh, 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 12-15 says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as uh, yet so as through fire. So at the end of our lives, amen, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of our lives here on earth. Whatever we lay up, Upon that foundation, whether it's gold or hay, we will go through the fire and either last or not. Those believers who seek to build up wealth and riches on earth will suffer loss and will be saved as through fire. Whereas those who strive to lay up their treasures in heaven will receive a reward. The greatest of these treasures is that we can enter eternity fully pardoned and set free from bondage of sin because of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. So the question arises, how do we lay up treasures? The answer is by living the way God has asked us to live and following him in all that we do. And I'm still learning how to do that. For example, loving your neighbor as yourself. If a man has need of a shirt, and you have an extra one, give it to him. Be a cheerful giver. Honoring God in your marriage. Guarding your mind against adulterous thoughts. 
sharing the good news of the gospel and those around you. There are so many things which all narrow down to loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. In the final statement in verse 21, praise God, Jesus goes back to the heart. He says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So one of the Ten Commandments states, you shall love no other gods before me. You see that in the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So we set our hearts on the things on this earth and fall to the temptation of being worldly in our ways. We are committing idolatry because we are no longer serving God. Rather, we put our riches above God and we are serving them. You see, we're serving our riches. That ain't the way it's supposed to be. They have become our God and our life. So Jesus challenges us as he challenged those he was walking with to that day in the crowd. You understand? To ask ourselves, where is our treasure or where our treasure is? If your treasure is on earth and the things of this world, your heart will be there as well. If your, uh, uh, if your heart is focused on the Father, on laying up treasures in heaven, your heart will be there. You know, this reminds me of a movie called The Mummy. You understand? where there was a character called Benny or Benna or something like that. But towards the end of the movie, when they found the great treasure room, Benny, a man, lost all sense of control and is controlled by the riches and wealth presented uh, amongst them when they got in that room. Oh, I'm sure Benny had visions of living the life of luxury and being the wealthiest man in the world, but that's not the way the story ends. Something happens in the temple and the money room begins to fill up with sand and the doors close so they cannot, so they couldn't escape. You understand what I'm saying? But Benny had the opportunity to get out. But the power of the riches and wealth are his downfall. He attempts to fill his pockets and drag out bags of gold, you understand, which were too heavy. So eventually the doors closes and Benny is trapped amongst all those jewels and riches, never to see the light of day again and never able to be uh, being able to use the riches uh, he deemed so valuable. Huh? The power of those riches controlled him and they were the cause of his death. Let us not get to the end of our lives, having pursued the wealth and riches of this world, only to realize that we pursued or, or, or that we pursued and were controlled a man by the wrong things. This has been Mitchell Dawkins with the Midday Message.